Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. You know, it's 4.28 a.m. at this point in Lafayette. But um, you might not know this, but um, there are two types of episodes that I make. There are these episodes where I sit down and I want to make an episode and everything. And and then I just, you know, sift through the news and do everything. And then there are these other types of episodes, like this one, where um, something happens. And it's so inspiring, crazy, awesome, or just bizarre... That uh, I can't, in my own goodwill, sit down and go to sleep without making an episode. And this is, this is that case. I thought I had seen things and, oh boy, I was, I was even shocked myself. I had been peacefully spending the day by writing my article about Dedovshina, the hazing of the Soviet army and the Russian army, because I want to publish that before, before we go to Ukraine, managing documentation, all that stuff. And then, you know, also I watched Death of Stalin. So that uh, I would have notes, because this evening, at uh, Thursday, 14th, at 9 p.m., sorry, uh, 11 p.m., again, this is super early, but you'll get it, at 11 p.m. Lafayette time, uh, we will be watching Death of Stalin, I'll be doing a Mystery Science Theater uh, commentary, that's for my patrons, it's going to be a patrons and VIPs only event. Uh, By the way, on Monday, we are having... Andrew Heaton on from Political Orphanage on the show, and then later on we're gonna have a bit of a bit of a thing. We're gonna be recording on Discord because due to some personal tragedies, Anna can't do much editing this month, and I won't force her to, which is sad, of course. But uh, you know, I'd rather not go into details. Maybe she'll share things someday herself. But uh, you know, it is what it is. However, we're, we'll be having, uh, I'm, I'm hoping to get John Michael Gaudier on, because he has some interesting news, and that's going to be a breather episode, but we also are looking to have Advent of Computing, she, Sean, on, because as he's uh, the computer expert, our resident friend, who's an expert on that here, and I asked him to do some research on the firing computers and the electronics, and to comp- compare them between T90 and Abrams tank. Because there's a lot of electronics in those tanks, and a lot of them are weird numbers for me. I know my drones, I don't know my electronics of tanks, I know their armor and stuff. So we're going to have that. So, bunch of plans. 
and we are looking for a special Finnish guest as well later on when he decides on the dates. It's all a bit of a mess, but you know, if I'm recording in 4.30 a.m. in the morning, I might as well tell you about our future plans. So yeah, uh, if you want to participate in the watch-along of the death of Stalin, please consider becoming our patron on patreon.com slash border. Or you can just click the donate button on theeasternboard.lv and, you know, donate something and then email us and we'll set, set you up because I've prepared for this situation. It's all good. Now, to justify uh, the whole episode a bit, I had to give you some uh, some bit of updates on what's happening on the front lines, but that's the only serious part of this because France has been pretty quiet. It's been mostly quietly quiet things. See, in Bakhmut, both sides now have more forces fighting on the flanks of Bakhmut than in the south, and the armed forces of Ukraine have been attacking Russian positions since the beginning of May, but only at the start of July were they able to reach key points in the Russian defenses south of Bakhmut, namely the heights west of Kishivka, where the Ukrainians built a large fortified district even before Russia's full-scale invasion. Previously, in December 2022, Wagner Group had captured the district, causing the southern regions of Bakhmut to, qu- to quickly collapse. Ukrainian forces are now trying to regain these positions, and uh, a video posted in July 9th shows an Ukrainian attack in the immediate surroundings of this fortified district. We do not yet know the result of this attack. In the case that Klitschivka and the nearby heights are freed, the Ukrainians can capture Bakhmut from the south and try to cut off the road to Khorlivka and Popasna, where bases to supply Russia's units in Bakhmut are located. On Bakhmut's northern flank, the AFU have again attacked the villages of Berhivka and Yahidna, located on the northwest outskirts in the city. So far, the attacks have not been that very successful. It's just sitting out there. In the Orihiv direction, in the center of the Ukrainian southern front, they continue to attempt breaking through from the side of Orihiv to reach an important road junction and the Russian forces' rear base in Tokmak. The first objective remains the village of Robotnoye, Robotny, sorry, just <laughs> random small villages that I haven't encountered before, where the first line of Russian defenses is located. In the past few days, the Ukrainians have been able to move closer to the village. Ukrainian infantry have stormed the forward trenches on the road between Orhiv and Tokmak. However, they have not yet been able to break through the Russian army's defenses. And in other directions, the Russian forces have organized two offensives, likely with the goal of immobilizing the AFU's reserves. Large Russian forces are advancing to the north of Avdiivka, where the Russian army has many times unsuccessfully attempted to surround the city and the large Ukrainian formation which surrounds, well, that whole thing. Fighting is taking place around the Avdiivka coke and chemical plant, a tall, a few controlled man-made hill. This is likely the Russian army's largest, by number of forces, offensive since the capture of Bakhmut. The result of the attack, of course, also isn't clear yet. And a smaller-scale Russian offensive is moving in the direction of Svatovia where Russian forces are trying to capture the village of Novoselivsky and the Kuzemivka railway station, liberated by the Ukrainians in the winter. It's also not clear yet whether Russian troops were able to capture any territory in this area. So basically we have tactical level battles and everything, and of course there was the NATO summit, and there was this new uh, general who was just resigned and sent his protest things, but that's all for another episode, which is going to take a longer investigation and everything. Today, you know, I had this little thingy, but then I managed to stumble upon three news, one crazier than the other, and I posted about them on Twitter, but it deserves a bit more explanation because, yeah, you know, when something stuns me in this war about how bizarre things can get in Russian side, you know it's going to be good. First of all, in the city of Samara, in Russia, an illegal morgue was discovered in one of these garages. A local blogger, Ksenia Stefan, published a video 
which is, by the way, on Twitter. I'm still trying to get to my 5,000 followers and, uh, yeah, hopefully more. You know, end goal is my 25,000 back, but that's going to take some time. But, yeah, she published a video showing that the bodies of the dead are stored in shop refrigerators where they lie literally on top of each other. Along with refrigerators, you know, in the room, there are coffins, crosses, and wreaths. Oh, and these are like totally standard, you know, there are pigmenion there, frozen meats, and, you know, ice cream stuff, things that you would see there. According to the blogger, sanitary norms for storing the bodies of dead people are, well, obviously violated. They are piled up on one another. According to Stefan, this blogger, she has become aware of three more private morgues in the city. By the way, we checked out the prices. The average price is, you know, you can pay 60 to 80 uh, euros or dollars, approximately the same thing, to have your deceased ones be stored uh, next to ice creams and, and you know, frozen, uh, frozen foods. As a result, the situation was commented on in the main department of the Ministry of Internal Affairs of Russia in the Samara region. And, uh, yeah, the police apparently are checking things out and according to this, procedural decision will be made. And this sounds silly until you actually go and see the video. It's it's beyond stupid. Like, it's just there with foodstuffs. But uh, you know that we're, we're getting somewhere when this is about the intro. It's, this is the warm-up thing about illegal morgues for $60 to $80, right? If you remember, I recently told you about how uh, bizarrely, this might interest, by the way, Sean and other people, how bizarrely it was that they're making a kind of an AI model that's going to speak, you know, one of those chat GPT clones or something that's going to speak like a Zhirinovsky. Good old pal Zhirinovsky, the crazy guy who died last year and uh, who got his plane, a plane named after him. He's just crazy. But turns out that, you know, it's not enough to have an AI model speak like the crazy guy who wanted to nuke Iceland at one point just so to swipe eastern coast of the United States just off the planet. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. They, uh. Well, they, they are. I don't even know how to start putting this. Uh, I, I'll just quote my my mentor from the Russian side, Alexander Nevzorov, now a citizen of Ukraine, and to listeners of this show, you probably have heard using his sources, but he just wrote a genius comment about all this situation, and he tells the study in a very snarky way that I uh, would enjoy. Translation is mine, obviously. 
Cyber Zhirinovsky will be accepted into the, into the Liberal Democratic Party of Russia. At the party's next congress, a virtual Zhirinovsky, modeled on Siri, ChatGPT and other gadgets, will be, a pro- will be given a party ticket. Yes, they're, they're giving a ChatGPT slash Siri clone that sounds like Zhirinovsky, who wanted to nuke everything, a place in the party. He used to be the leader. It's in... <sighs> Carrying on. The LDPR guys, of course, are taking a big risk. If all of the semantic and lexical parameters of the real Zhirik are correctly incorporated into the neural network, the first thing such a neuro Zhirik will do is to install a neuro jacuzzi and invite neuromaniacs there. Preferably as pink and flexible as Dityagev at the beginning of his political career. Then the neuro fatty will demand that the moron Slutsky be kicked out and move to all party settlements in absolute cryptocurrency, which can be transferred to his afterlife account in the Lucifer Bank. The LDPR could make better money by creating not a party toy, but grave broadcasts. This would involve installing an old gramophone nozzle on Zhirinovsky's grave and using his vile voice to bore the entire cemetery. In time, this neuro know-how will take root, and the same sockets will decorate the graves of Khrushchev, Zikina, Gogol, all these people. Those will start answering to Zhirik, and Novodivichny Cemetery will become the most cheerful place in all of Moscow. And the main fun? The main fun will begin when the communists also engage in electronic spiritualism and admit Neiroberia, Neiroyazhov, Neirochikatilo, and Neirostalin in their midst. Amazing. So, yeah, talking about AI rights, I don't even know. If you follow science communicators, then this, I think, is a massive step forward, just not in the way that people would normally expect. But even this, even this wasn't alone to force me out of the bed and try to make this episode. You see, um, and this is just, you know, it's a bit less funny, but still pretty grim. See, according to military reports, and the various social networks and and just soldiers telling about, and, you know, there are a bunch of Sarmat missiles that have reached the end of their useful life and have brought to a safe condition. And what do you do with these things? Well, if you're in Russia, then today you begin to install them as monuments. The first inauguration took place in the village of Solnichny in Krasnoyarsky Krai. Local officials the commander-in-chief of the strategic missile armaments, various military representatives, and the representative of the Russian Orthodox Church, Church were present. I'm actually going to post this in the Eastern Border LV page. You can click the donate button there as well uh, with the pictures of, of this thing. This has to be seen. That's that's just weird. See, what is Sarmat? Sarmat, by the way, because before I finish up this thing, this is the RS-28 Sarmat. Named after some Martians. A NATO name for it is SSX-30. Often, often unofficially called Satan-2, by the way. That's a Russian liquid-fueled, MIRV-equipped, super-heavy intercontinental ballistic missile produced by the Makayev Rocket Design Bureau since 2009. Sarmat is one of the strategic weapons by the cartoons he made. Yes, those are nukes. They legit unveiled a monument from an old Sarmat missile that has served its purpose, and they turn it into a monument for nukes. And it even has a plaque on it, and the plaque says, After us, only silence. Now, I'm not exactly sure about how everything like that goes, you know, because I kind of thought that 
even if 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 religion supports various soldiers in their duty and you know doing their thing nukes is definitely a thing that i think religious beliefs should be against because uh i really haven't found any religious faith or denomination ever including all the weird ones that would actively praise mass extermination of of like human life or something okay maybe kali yuga weird cultists but you know it just seems so weird that you get orthodox priests and everything and it's a monument to nukes with clear message up there. Like I said, pictures are going to be on the Eastern Border LV because, yeah, you don't need to follow me on Twitter for that. This is just insane. And this is the thing. Russia, being obsessed with its cult of death, has realized that all sorts of standard missiles, you know, their Savorovs, they don't bother people's souls. They do not come in. They do not provoke special outbursts of patriotism that are much needed. People have realized that multiple soldiers are not capable of burning anyone with nuclear flames. Their skewers are of little use. Now, 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 this Sarmat missile, the nukes, that's another matter. Sarmat promises a sea of blood, radiation, and total carnage. It's a great way to spoil the whole world and poison its life. And you know what? At this point, for a Russian symbol, national one, sounds about right, to be honest. Oh, and at the opening of the monument... So-called monument, yeah, generals, officers, and various priests and their officers' wives. I think everyone just convulsed with patriotic happiness. Because out of all the things, I find nukes to be the most dishonorable way of waging war and the most lethal one. That's why you have doctrines. This is why you use them as deterrent. This is complicated. But now, you know, it sounds like something from Fallout. You have a monument to the holy nuke. And after previous two news, yeah, it's scary, but uh, it's also just kind of funny. And if you look at all these things in total, you know, these are all news from today. And and then they, you know, say that people in the West are weird. I mean, sometimes I just don't understand what's happening. But I hope that you will excuse me for this short episode. We'll get proper analysis soon, but... Uh, Seeing monuments to nukes is something that I never expected in my life. Like, I... And Zhirinovsky. I mean, I actually wrote to John Michael Gaudier because um, uh, with a nice little message about how, you know, technically this is a step forward in AI rights, but it's coming from the weirdest place possible. Things are getting weirder by the moment. Anyhow, I'll go and probably grab some sleep. Otherwise, you know, I'll pass out during the day. And next time we're going to have a longer episode of proper analysis and everything, and then we're going to have Heaton on. Please join the Discord. The link is going to be also in uh, the description and everything. And uh, yeah, as always, happiness is mandatory. Even when we suddenly have monuments to nuclear weapons. Real monuments. Blessed by a priest out there on the planet. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.